Hey folks, it's Dr. Gersmar from Aspire Natural Health. Welcome to one of our short episodes. These shorts feature useful nuggets of information and they're supplemental to our longer episodes, discussions, and interviews. In these shorts, I tackle questions, concerns, and issues that people have that are confusing them and tripping them up from achieving the better health that they're looking for. All right, folks, let's get on with the show. Hey folks, it's Dr. Gersmar from Aspire Natural Health. Today we're going to be covering the Elimination and Challenge Diet. So at the end of the day, the basic answer of how do I know if a food is a problem for me is we take out that food and we assess what happens and then we very carefully eat that food and we again take stock of what happens. So for example, you're thinking, is gluten an issue for me? And let's say you've had a celiac test done and you are not, you do not test positive for celiac disease, but you still think that gluten may be an issue for you. So you very carefully exclude gluten from your diet and you see what happens. Does anything change or improve? Let's say your bloating and your heartburn go away when you're not eating gluten. And then you carefully do a re-challenge or, or, or eating that food and that bloating and that heartburn come back again. Now, if you if you're uh, very want to be very scientific, you can repeat the process a second time just to be sure that it isn't a coincidence. So let's say you do and you exclude gluten again, and the bloating and heartburn go away, and a second rechallenge they come back again. Well, that's pretty slam dunk evidence that you have a negative reaction to gluten, and you don't need fancy or expensive testing. Uh, or, or the expert advice of somebody else or a scientific study to tell you that you have a problem with gluten. You have used your own body and your own experience as the laboratory and found that that food is problematic for you. So elimination and challenge diets are, are at their heart very simple. They're available to anyone uh, and with or without a healthcare practitioner, this is experimentation that you can do. Because at the end of the day, while tests are very important and they can give us a lot of information that can be extremely hard to gather on our own, we don't need testing to tell us a great many things. We don't need scientific studies to overrule what we're experiencing or validate, for that matter, what we're experiencing in our own bodies. Again, scientific studies are great. The uh, understanding and learning more about what's going on and how it's going on is wonderful. But for those of us who aren't practitioners, who are just looking to discover what's really working well for ourselves in our own bodies, we have to tune in to how these different things are impacting us, right? The studies and the expert advice and the tests can get us in the ballpark of what we need, whether it's an exercise program, the amount of sleep that we need per night, or the, the correct diet for us. Those things can help get us in the ballpark, but it's up to us to individualize and find out what really works for us. So let's talk about the elimination diet. Now, it's considered the gold standard, but I see a lot of people who do it incorrectly, which means that you waste a lot of your time and your effort and the little bit of money that it takes to do them. So if you're going to bother to do an elimination and then a challenge, do it right so that you don't waste all that time and that effort.
Okay, so there's a couple cardinal rules for an elimination. The first is that an elimination must actually be an elimination. So a reduction in the amount of something that you're eating is not an elimination. So again, just to take gluten, but this goes for any food that you're concerned about, eating less gluten, it might be helpful for you. You may find that, for example, your bloating or your heartburn or your joint pain or any other number of symptoms are actually better just from eating less of that food. And hey, if you discover that, you find that you can eat two slices of bread a day, but four slices of bread a day brings on horrible symptoms for you, wonderful. You have discovered important and useful information, but you have not actually done an elimination. You have done a reduction. An elimination is 100% avoidance. So just to be clear, 99% avoidance is not elimination. It is a reduction. And while in many aspects we favor something is better than nothing and, you know, don't let a perfect be the enemy of getting things done or doing things well, when it comes to an elimination diet, we are actually talking it is a 100% thing or a 0% thing. So if you are 100% strict on your elimination diet for a week, but then because something's going on, a birthday party, a wedding, an event, because a craving hits you, and you decide to have just a little bit of that thing, a little bit of gluten in this case, you have now voided the elimination diet and you'll need to start over again. All right. So I, I just need to emphasize strongly enough that if you are going to do an elimination, it is either 100% elimination or you're not doing an elimination. So if you're avoiding gluten, let's say, you need to root out every source of gluten in your diet, all sources of wheat, all sources of gluten, and they need to be strictly and completely avoided. This brings us to the second part. How long to do an elimination. So I have seen people out there recommending eliminations for anything from two to three days uh, to a week to two weeks. And let me tell you that most often we recommend a 30-day elimination. If you're doing those shorter eliminations, three days or seven days, you might experience real significant benefit. But we've often found that for many people, the benefit doesn't come until those later periods. We, we can talk about how antibodies begin to clear out of the blood and how inflammation begins to subside and things change for people. But we've often found that the shorter eliminations uh, don't always give us the information that we need, but that the lion's share of reactions have cleared enough, completely or enough, by 30 days that we have a good sense of what's going on for someone. So by all means, if you want to do a shorter elimination, that, that's fine, but we found that people have missed things by doing the shorter elimination. 30 days is a nice round number. It's one month. It may seem like a big task, but rest assured, you know, you are capable of doing anything for 30 days. All right, so 100% elimination, and it needs to be long enough to clear reactions. Okay? Now, that is the elimination phase. It really is that simple. If you're testing gluten, for example, do not eat any gluten for 30 days and keep track of yourself. 
right? We often find it helpful to have people jot a few notes, what they notice is going on for them. Do things change? Symptoms go away? Energy levels improve? Brain function improve? Skin improve? Uh, you know, again, what are you looking for in terms of changes? And by at least jotting a few notes down, you can keep an eye on things. Now, it comes to the challenge component. So you've avoided gluten for 30 days. Maybe you've noticed really significant changes, right? Maybe many symptoms have gone away. Maybe you're not sure. Maybe you haven't felt any difference whatsoever. Does that mean you do or don't have any reactions? Well, this next component is a critical piece, the challenge. And so that is, you've avoided gluten for 30 days. Now it's time to eat some gluten and notice what happens. All right? So the important, again, this can be done wrong, and it can undo 30 days of diligence that you've just put in. So it's important to do the re-challenge or the challenge correctly. The first step is that you only challenge one thing at a time. Okay, you may have just done an elimination for gluten, in which case it's easy. You may have taken out three, four, five, six, or 10 different things all at once in a big elimination diet. And in order to get a clear picture of which of those things may be a problem and which of those things may not, it's important to only challenge one thing at a time. If you challenge two or even three things simultaneously and you get a reaction, is it against two or three things or one of those things? Again, it's important here to be clear and to understand because all of this is about building understanding about how things are affecting you. So say you've eliminated gluten and dairy and eggs you would choose one of those things at a time to focus on. And typically we recommend that people challenge, uh, again, there's two ways to do it. One is the food that you think is most problematic, depending on what's going on for you. Uh, the second option is foods that you think are not problematic. So start with the things that you think are not gonna be a problem so they can be quickly added back into the diet. And the third way to do it, so things you think are most problematic, things you think are least problematic, and the third way would be the things that you most want to try to get back into your diet. So if you're just dying for a piece of bread and it would massively improve the quality of your life and your pleasure and your well-being, then start by challenging bread because if it's not a problem, it can come back in and you can get that boost. And if it is a problem, then at least you know that it's a problem. All right, so one at a time. The second is sufficient quantities of those foods. So it's not enough to have a tiny little crumb of gluten and, and then wonder if it's a reaction. We want, if there's going to be a reaction, we want it to be significant enough that you notice it uh, and it, it confirms things for you. Sort of the worst case in a challenge is when you're like, I don't no, maybe there was a reaction, but I'm not sure. And it just, you're kind of in that limbo place. So we want to consume a relatively large amount of the challenged 
food. For example, if someone's challenging eggs, we'll say definitely scramble up a few eggs um, and have eggs, and, and we're going to talk about the, the formula, but have a, a good-sized portion of eggs for breakfast and lunch and really get plenty of that egg in there. So if there's a reaction, it will provoke it and you can tell and you're not left in this wishy-washy place of I'm not sure. Instead, it's either no, everything's great, or yes, there's, these foods are a problem for me. All right, um, and the third component, so we've talked about one at a time, sufficient quantity, and the third piece is that it is pure food. So for example, if you're challenging, again, gluten, and you're like, great, I'm gonna eat some bread, that bread may have dairy and it may have eggs in it. And if you're challenging dairy and eggs, then you end up in a muddled situation. Did you react to that bread because of the gluten or the dairy or the eggs or all of the above? And so we really want pure food. So if you're going to choose bread, for example, you would want a pure bread that has no other ingredients that you're challenging in it. Or for example, we'll often recommend cream of wheat as one example. It may not be always the most palatable thing, uh, but it is a way to tell. If you're challenging eggs, for example, you may not want uh, scrambled eggs with dairy in them. You may just want uh, you may just want the pure scrambled eggs. Okay, so you, again, you want to keep it clean and one at a time. So how do we do the challenge? Again, there are many ways to do it. This is the way we recommend here at Aspire Natural Health. So you've done 30 days where you've avoided gluten, for example, and you're ready to re-challenge. So for breakfast, uh, you cook up a bowl of cream, wheat, uh, cream of wheat. Let's say you're also avoiding you know, dairy, so you're going to not mix any milk into it. Maybe you prep it with some, some other foods for some palatability, and you eat a nice big bowl of cream of wheat. Now I have to say, the, the one other component is you want to be fairly stable before this happens. So if you're getting ready to challenge and there's a lot of craziness that's going on in your life and everything's up and down or you're having symptoms that are flaring, it, it, that's not a good time to challenge. You want everything to be relatively calm so that when you do do the challenge that uh, it comes out clearly and you can tell what's going on. Okay, so you eat a big bowl of cream of wheat for breakfast and then lunchtime comes around and you decide you're going to have a sandwich. Again, you've picked out a bread that doesn't have uh, other things that you're challenging in. You make a nice uh, thing of a nice sandwich with two big pieces of bread and you're keeping an eye. So again, this is when that journal comes back in in a really important way. You're keeping an eye on things and you're seeing what you notice. So does joint pain come back or does that bloating or, or a reflux or diarrhea or whatever it is, rashes on your skin or whatever symptoms might be an issue, do those return? Now, you've eaten a good quantity of that food for breakfast and for lunch. Uh, some people will extend on into dinner and have a good quantity there. Other people stop at lunch. Again, it can work either way as long as you've had a sufficient amount. And then you're going to wait 48 hours. You're going to stop eating that food and you're going to wait 48 hours, two more days, to get a sense of what happened. Okay. Now, some people know within minutes, some people know within hours, some people know, you know, the next day. And for a few people, even the day after takes a couple of days for those reactions to come up for you. One of three things is going to happen. You've eaten that gluten 
and nothing happens. You feel fine. No symptoms come up. No symptoms return. Nothing changes. You can go ahead and keep that food in your diet now because you you have shown that nothing improved when you took that food out that you could tell and nothing improved when you put that food back in that is what we call a negative reaction the food can stay in your diet if everything is feels stable and good you can go on now and challenge the next item the second reaction uh, definitely that food is a problem symptoms came back you feel worse things are going on Okay, that food goes in the, yes, you are having a reaction against that food. It goes back out of your diet again. You stop consuming it, and you need to wait until those symptoms clear before challenging the next food. So that might be a day or two. For some people, it might be a week or two. Whatever it is, you need to get back to a good, clear baseline so when you begin re-challenging more foods, you can have a clear picture of what's going on. The third option is you're really not sure. Maybe some symptoms came up, but it's hard to tell. You're really not sure. So we recommend temporarily counting that as a yes, removing that food from your diet again, waiting till things are all clear, going on to challenge other foods, and then typically about two weeks later, coming back and challenging that, that, pro, that, that possible food again. So gluten, oh, I'm not sure. Things seemed kind of weird, but I can't really tell. Gluten goes back out of the diet. I'm challenged, things clear up. I'm challenging other foods. About two weeks later, I'm going to try gluten again and see if I can get a really clear picture of what what's going on with gluten. And again, as we said at the beginning of the video, sometimes we just can't get a clear picture, so that's where we do do some of the testing to try and really nail down whether that food is a problem or not. All right, folks, elimination diets. We consider them critically important. At Aspire Natural Health, we use them all the time. We favor them over testing. Uh, they are much less expensive. They do require some time, effort, and planning. So please don't just jump into an elimination diet without doing a little bit of planning, especially if those foods play a major role in what you're eating day to day. You need to have planned out what you're eating, what you're going to be snacking on, what you're going to do if presented with those foods. It's not that hard, but it rather, it's fairly straightforward. It can be kind of hard and challenging for some people. If you'd like to have a health practitioner to guide you, we would love to be involved. At Aspire Natural Health, we focus on treating people with gut problems, autoimmune diseases, and other hard to treat cases. If that's you or a loved one, please reach out to us. We offer complimentary 10 to 15 minute phone calls where we can find out if we can help you and if you're a good match to work with us. All right, folks, until next time, as a reminder, if you have any questions or comments or any topics that you'd like me to handle in the future, please leave it to us in, in the comments section or drop us a line at info at aspirenaturalhealth.com. All right, folks, until we talk again, take care. All right, folks, that wraps up another episode of the Aspire Natural Health podcast. If you enjoyed it, we hope you've subscribed to us over at iTunes. You can also check us out at our website, www.aspirenaturalhealth.com. That's Aspire as in A-S-P-I-R-E, naturalhealth.com. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash aspirenaturalhealth or check out our library of videos over at YouTube. Just go over to YouTube and punch in Aspire Natural Health. You'll find us there. So a couple great more ways you can check out our free educational materials. 
At Aspire Natural Health, we are experts at treating gut dysfunctions, autoimmune diseases, and other hard-to-treat cases. If you that's you or someone you know, you can always contact us and schedule a free 15-minute consult with myself and find out if we are the right fit and we can help you out with your issues. So simply check us out, check out our website. Again, that's www.aspirenaturalhealth.com or give us a call at 425-202-7849. You can set up that free 15-minute consult. All right, folks, until we meet again, take care.